0: Hello! <laughs> Welcome to she Prop Talk. I'm Beverly from Down in Creative Studios, and today I have with me again the wonderful Abby Cat Cosplay. And today is a very special episode. We're answering questions
1: that were placed on the she Prop community forum that you are wanting to know about sewing.
0: Yes, and quite frankly, Abby's gonna be answering most of these questions because I am still very much a beginner. Um, No matter what anyone says, I still feel like I have a lot to learn, especially with some of these questions that some of the ladies posted um, that they want to have answered. I was like, oh, I've got to look that up. I don't (laughs) even know what that is. So I'm excited that you're here so that I can take advantage of your big brain and ask you all the questions as well. So, thank you for uh, having me. Disclaimer though, there's a lot of questions um, that were posted. We're going to cover just a few of them because we only have a certain amount of time. Before you guys get bored and and uh, stop listening, so <laughs> so we're gonna answer a few and then uh, look forward to uh, to having more of these kinds of episodes um, with other makers. And Abby's gonna come back and do this again with me, um, so definitely look look forward to that. So
1: cool! All right. I didn't know I was gonna come back until just now. So well, yes. Okay, uh, I'm
0: uh, <laughs> I'm volunteering you. You're you're volunteering me. I'm volunteering. Tolding you yes okay Va- uh, I don't mind it's fine I'll do it. Volun mandatory manda mandatory volunteering. There's like some word for that yeah. which I thought was hilarious, but not today. <laughs> Yay! All right, let's get started. So, what's first on our question list?
1: Um, the first question was, "How do you get machines to stop eating your fabric?" Yes. And. <laughs> yes. I actually have a trick. Um, This is because when I started sewing, I actually started as a quilter and not as a um, clothing maker or a costume maker. And in quilting, they call it chaining. And what you do is you take your piece and you feed it through and you don't cut your thread. You just take the next piece and feed it through straight after in a big, long chain. Works great when it comes to quilting. Yeah. Um, What you do when you're quilting and you're chaining is you actually use a little chunk of scrap fabric and when you get to the end of your chain you just feed that little chunk in and you leave it there under the pressure foot and then when you start again you sew through that little chunk and then you start sewing your piece. Hmm. So what this does is it means that your thread is already engaged so you don't have that big long chain so you actually save thread this way and also when you are um, oftentimes when your machine eats your fabric. It's because it catches the tip of it into the little hole. Okay. I don't know the technical term. We'll call it a little hole. You know what I'm talking
0: we about. We all know what hole you're talking about, Abby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but okay. it, it makes it so that you can kind of pull on your little chunk of fabric a little bit. And so it, it keeps the momentum going and you don't get your tip stuck in the, little, in the little hole.
0: That's a great tip. Sorry I'm putting my sweatshirt back on. No, it's okay. Um, we... It's kind what of cool I can do
1: is I can videotape myself doing this. Okay? And then we can share that. Cuz it's yeah, really sure. easy. You can just take a scrap right out of your garbage can and just
0: like leave it, <laughs> which I've done before. <laughs> oh yeah, I've gone dumpster diving in my own my own trash yeah. for scraps. Also yeah. my great hankies. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so funny.
1: But so that's it's just a really quick and easy thing. This I'm sure there are people who know much more about sewing machines that can yeah. give you a more technical way of doing that, but I just because it just keeps that momentum going. It doesn't let your
0: yeah. mid- needle just poke your fabric so, down into that hole. And you still want to do a a back stitch and then keep going. Like yes. don't do because you're going to need to have that reinforced. Yes. still you're just going to be snipping the the, the ends or just and you're, be, you're
1: just cutting a little bit yeah. of thread between your spacer piece and what you're actually sewing that's a really great tip
0: and you can just reuse that
1: little square yeah. of fabric until it's solid thread yeah
0: and sometimes I um you know at the ends of of whatever I'm sewing if I do a backstitch it'll get like all clumped up inside so how do you fix that do you know what I'm talking about like it just becomes like a big ball and then I've got to like <laughs> wrestle with the fabric to get it out of my machine
1: yes there's there's a solution um for that it's an alternative to a backstitch Mm -hmm. um it's not my preferred method because I find that this way kind of interferes with my just my rhythm but instead of backstitching you can also go to the end of your whatever you're sewing and turn your stitch length down to just one or half. Oh, okay. So just at the end, it's just these teeny tiny little stitches and those aren't going to come out, uh-huh. but you don't have that like clumped up
0: yeah. stitch ball of, of thread, thread. Getting yeah. stuck in there. That's a great...
1: Yeah, tip. so you can just tighten that stitch or not tighten it, uh, yeah. shorten it yeah. a lot. I
0: like that. On my So on, on my machine, I have a feature where you can like... And again, I'm really sorry, you guys. I don't have technical terms. I'm learning. So, um, but it's a... I can set it so that it'll just stay in place and I'll just do a couple of stitches like with the needle right in place. So yes. I can do that at the end of a dart or I can do that at, at the end of like a tricky material so I don't have to do go back, which helped me out a lot with the vinyl that I was sewing for yeah. Wasp and also some of the other materials. Um, but then I, I still found that sometimes the thread would get all gummed up underneath and um, yeah. I don't know why that was happening. But
1: Yeah, and I honestly don't have an easy solution for Mm -hmm. that Mm because there can be a lot of different reasons. Um, One of them is not having your
0: sewing machine serviced in a timely manner. Yeah. So my (laughs) machines were, were kind of new machines, (laughs) but I, after that project, I definitely need to get, I think, get it serviced. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, I don't know that we have that on our list, but can I ask you about that? Like how often should you be servicing your machine? I try to service my
1: machine at least once a year. Okay. um, Depending on how much you sew and what you're sewing on, you could need it more than that. Okay. So if you're using fabrics that create a lot of fuzz, like like fleeces or furry fabrics or cuddle fabrics, um, then you may want a good cleaning out earlier than that. Or if you just sew a lot, you may mm-hmm. want it cleaned out earlier than that. But at least once a year, um, in our area, Montevilla Sewing Center is where I go there fantastic Mm -hmm. and very reasonably priced. I have no resources for anywhere other than Portland. Yeah. Sorry about that.
0: Um, how much does it cost there?
1: Um, about $120. Okay. But if you think about it, that's less than a new sewing machine. Yeah. And
0: And on these expensive sewing machines, you really want to maintain it so that it stays your friend. And then like the last thing you want is for your machine to start acting up and then you ruin that. Materially that you spent $120 on. Yes, exactly. And my
1: machine isn't even that expensive. I've had my machine for a good 20 years or so. Mm -hmm. And I spent less than $300 on it when I originally bought it. Oh my God. Because I was poor and in high school. Yeah. Um, But if you take care of it, something like a $300 machine is going to last a very long time. Mm. And some of that you can do yourself. You can oil your machine yourself. Mm -hmm. You can take the the plates off and dust it out. And you can do those things yourself. And that kind of maintenance will keep it going. Um, I always know that I need to get my machine serviced when my zigzag starts being weird.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: I don't know if that's across the board, but that's with my machine. If if my zigzag starts skipping stitches, then it's time.
0: Interesting. Um, I really put my two machines through the ringer with wasp because I was sewing through a lot of l- multiple layers of thick fabrics vinyls I was top stitching a ton I was doing crazy stuff with like the different zipper foots and doing weird things so I think I probably need to bring them both in because uh, occasionally one would not act correctly or like it would start skipping stitches yeah um, and then I'd be like you know what F this, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna move on to the other machine that I have set up. So I had both of my machines set up, so that if one started acting up, I would move on to the other one. Just because I didn't have time to bring my machine, yeah. so uh, I'm gonna go do that. At least start with one for $120, and then like maybe in a few months get the other one <laughs> done as I. replenish my bank account
1: and i and i absolutely know that sometimes letting them out of your sight for a while can be hard especially if you sew all the time yeah um i have had an experience where my machine broke a week before (laughs) comic-con and like broke and it was a three-day weekend so my montezilla sewing center was closed and i had to call my mom crying and tell her that i I was coming over give me your machine and she's like it's was this this last year um no no this was I think I was working on my queen of hearts oh, okay so
0: yeah that would have been a couple Some, years ago somebody was looking for a machine and I was like you can come over and borrow mine I'm not using it right now
1: anyway I needed a satin <laughs> stitch I needed to borrow somebody's satin stitch because my machine doesn't do
0: it because uh, I spent $300 20 years ago on it yeah it's not fancy oh yeah they you can spend you can <laughs> spend a lot of money on machines but you don't have yeah, to you don't just get a service because you get it serviced yeah. it's worth it
1: yeah. and they have these fancy things called sewing machine feet which oh yeah are fantastic
0: yeah. all right so, so that was actually talk, the next one. yeah let's talk about this uh, so before so i think i mentioned in a prior podcast mm-hmm. or in the one that i just posted probably um mm-hmm. that abby is my sewing guru um heather is as well heather rob from um uh, the Feathered Hearts cosplay and props. Anytime, especially when I was making Wasp, I had a lot of questions like, what kind of foot do I use for this? And what, what's a zipper foot? And what the heck is this? So I learned a lot with this machine. It is okay to ask questions. Um, I don't. I have yet to run into someone that won't help me like immensely with sewing questions, especially when it comes to sewing feet. Also at the Montevilla Center or any sewing center, all I had to do was just tell them when I was sewing, and then they were like, yeah, this is what you need yeah, oh, they're happy to sell you stuff because <laughs> usually those feet are kind of
1: expensive sometimes. Well, and also I've <clears throat> that one time I called my mom crying. When I did go in, they fixed my machine while I waited, and all it needed was a new seven dollar part.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Which was
1: great. And I wanted to jump across that counter and kiss that tech right Aww. in the face. but I didn't because that is harassment. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, so some of the most popular sewing machine feet they get used a lot, especially in cosplay, this is one of them. This is called a walker foot. It looks really big, um, but what it does is it essentially helps really thick, bulky fabric get fed through your machine easily. Now, you can use it on anything. You don't have to use it on bulky fabric. I know some people just never take this foot off if they can help it. But, for example, with this guy, this this jacket is made out of
0: Okay, just a minute. So, for people that are listening, there we this go. is the this is the Wicked Witch. This is my, my steampunk
1: Wicked, steampunk Wicked Witch jacket, which was made out of fabric that was not intended for clothing use. And there are several points here where I have multiple layers of this, and then you have another little tab sewn on. So you've got multiple layers on yeah. multiple layers of stuff that's not intended for fabric.
0: And this is a vinyl we're talking about. Vinyl. Yeah.
1: Layered right. with another vinyl, yeah. so with more thick. vinyl in between it. Yeah. So it gets really bulky really fast. And getting this through a machine easily, it can chew up your fabric, or it just doesn't go anywhere, mm-hmm. or your needle so breaks. Stuck. Yeah. It just gums it all up. These walker feet really help with that. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit of, they're, they're kind of noisy, um, but when you attach it, essentially it just adds another little piece of walker feet, except on the top
0: okay so like the so in your sewing machine you've got like the feed dogs on the bottom yes and those are the things that kind of like push the fabric through so on vinyl um, when you're sewing that you've got the vinyl side probably up most of the time like if you're doing a top stitch or whatever if you're doing a top stitch, it won't slide um along very easily so this has a feed dog basically essentially on the top as well so they work together yeah to kind of push that fabric through pretty it's
1: pretty handy especially for the thick fabric yeah
0: those are a little bit more expensive but i think they're worth it to have in your arsenal of of, of feet also i still have to you're gonna have to show me how to oh, sorry, i'm sorry. just gonna flop I that over there that. oh yeah. never mind it's um closed that's okay oh well works. it works um you're gonna have to show me how to get mine attached to my machine because i tried it okay and then i just couldn't get it to like do what i wanted to do with it and i think i just had it set up wrong i did okay. watch some some uh tutorials on how to do it and I think I just did it wrong or or I think maybe the issue I was having was I needed to do some really really specific top stitching on it and I needed to be able to see exactly where my Mm -hmm. my stitching seam was compared to where my top because I was being to like an eighth of an inch your accuracy so I could see that Gorgeous on that walk for miles on that. So I actually think that's why I took that off because I needed to be able to see it. Well,
1: and for a long time I had one of these and I never wore it. And then Heather came over and she's like, "Do you have a walker foot?" I was like, "Yes, I do. I hate it, but here it goes. (laughs) Use it if you feel like it." And what was happening is this little guy that goes like this—it was staying up. And she was like, "Well, that's why you hate it. It's not working." I just took a little bit of sewing machine oil. Squirt, 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 wiggle,
0: wiggle, wiggle, and now it works just fine. Oh, that's that's awesome. So, cool. Um, take care of your tools. So, what I wound up, since we're talking about vinyl and um, different feet that you can use, you can also use a Teflon foot for things like vinyl or, um, like, a material that isn't, like, regular fabric that has some sort of, like, plastic top. Um, There's a Teflon foot in there somewhere. It's that white one. This guy. Nope. It's the white one. Yeah. So, um, you can't really see it. You can see it kind of up against my... Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll just post pictures. Like a makeup <laughs> tutorial. It's hard to really see. These but, are really little things. So yeah, these are super tiny. I'll I'll put some pictures. I'll I'll take some like close up videos or something on, of these. But um, a Teflon foot is has a little bit more of a uh, smoothness on the side, and it doesn't get stuck to those vinyls very well. The only thing though is that it's not see through. So like me, if you were top stitching on vinyl, this won't really work for you unless you're um, unless your uh, your top stitching it lines up perfectly with the middle, and you can see where your fabric's going if you've got like a a very clear path to follow. And I actually wound up using tape a lot. Yeah, um another thing that I used was painter's tape, actually, right on top of my vinyl, um, because I was able to keep to use that one flat side of the painter's tape right on top, and I just sewed right down on the side of that tape. Um, because I was able to line that up with the fabric where I wanted it to go. That worked well. And then also the other thing you can use is this, and I forget what this is called. I think it's embroidery paper. Um, you can tear parts of this off and throw that, throw this underneath on top of your fabric between the, the foot and your um, and your fabric, and that will help glide this along too. So sometimes I had to take two pieces of paper of this and sandwich them together, and I only had a teeny, teeny, tiny little sliver that I could see through, but I knew where I was going. So it, it helped keep the fabric from bulking up underneath, or from it stopping and ripping the vinyl.
1: The other thing with the paper is you can actually use just regular tissue paper. Just yep. tissue paper that you would wrap a present with or yep. um and that's really helpful not just with vinyl, but if you're using a very viscous fabric yes. or something that's on the bias, which mm-hmm. can really stretch and distort as you're sewing it, you can sandwich it between paper mm-hmm. and that will make it so that the feed dogs are gripping the paper and not stretching your fabric. Yes. Um so when I did my nature's profit, there's a lot of applique and it's applique on bias cut. Oh my gosh. It's like the perfect what storm is, of like... <laughs> what was that kind of... Oh, well. It's very viscous, very... Slippery. Loose. Slippery. It was, it was not going to keep its shape. But you can sandwich tissue paper, do
0: your stitches, do your satin stitches, and then just pull the tissue paper right out. Yeah. I think the only time that wouldn't work is if you're doing like a zigzag that is like a really tight zigzag, because then you might wind up tearing the... or like loosening up the zigzag stitching as you're trying to tear the... the um the tape off or the the paper off
1: well, I with, f- with that that's thicker but with actual tissue paper that just right because actually when you do a satin stitch with tissue tissue paper you are actually kind of cutting the paper as you go oh and so perforates it
0: along the way yeah and there's then it also, just right off there's also um dissolvable um paper like in um uh re- what's it called it's uh what you use for embroidery Or, like, if you're sewing something, like, it's, like, um, it's for structure. Mm. So it it will dissolve. I've seen it in the store. I'll find it. I'll link it. Yeah. I have never used it, so I don't know anything really about it. But if it helps, if it helps provide that barrier, barrier, (laughs) uh, yeah, that'll work. So
1: cool. So the next foot I want to talk about is the stitch in the ditch foot. This is Beverly's stitch in the ditch foot. And I didn't bring my own. And she's bent hers.
0: What? So you need to buy a new one. Look at that. What are you talking about? I've, like, never used this thing. Look. Look at that. That's supposed to be straight. Oh, serious? Yeah. I swear to God, it came this way. Can't I just bent it? I tried. Well, well, we can try. But that's supposed to be straight. Yeah, I was wondering why that was <laughs> bent. All right, I'm going to have to use some tools on this thing. <laughs> okay. So the stitch in the <laughs> ditch foot, like, we'll pretend the little thing in the
1: middle is straight. And this little guy. Um, But the the stitch-in-the-ditch foot, what it essentially does is it gives you a guide where you can line your needle up so that you are sewing right along where two seams meet. And depending on where you put your needle on your machine, you can do on just one side of that to get a really nice clean top stitch. You can do it on the other side. Or you can go straight down the middle. That's why it's called the the stitch-in-the-ditch because you're Mm -hmm. sewing right in the middle of that seam to get layers to stick together. This is so helpful when you're doing top stitching. Hmm. There's another one that's actually usually used
0: for quilters called a um, quarter inch seam. I think I have one of those in there. It's that big long one. What big It's long? like a clear one. This guy? This one, I think.
1: It doesn't look like the one I use. No. This is different than the one I use. Okay, well then okay. never mind. So <laughs> the one I use essentially still has the little metal piece, except it's on the edge. Oh, and okay. so you can use that to get a nice, clean, even Top stitch as well because it gives you that guide that you can follow you can get this little metal piece right in that seam and then just sew it right along cool it's really great so those are great uh tips for top stitching and then um the last one that I think I want to go over that gets used a lot is a buttonhole foot now the buttonhole foot only works if you have the setting on your machine it's not going to work on every machine Mm -hmm. Um, but if you've ever tried to sew a buttonhole without this you know how hard that is it's miserable. Nobody likes doing it. No. And so if you're like me in the first experience doing buttonholes was on a machine that didn't have that setting, then I avoided putting buttons in anything. I don't know. You, I think, did the same thing.
0: Oh, yeah. No, and I, I come from the school of thought where you, like, you do zigzags, yeah. you zigzag stitch, and then longer stitch, and then go backwards or Yeah, whatever. And, and you have and to, you like, have to tighten like... your zigzag stitch and then lengthen your... Sides. It's not fun yeah. at all.
1: If you have a machine... That has a buttonhole stitch, use it. It's not hard to use. And if you've been burned by trying to just power through
0: <laughs> buttonholes on your own, you're going to be happy that you tried this because yeah. it's so much easier. Oh, for sure. And definitely, like if you are experimenting with these new feet, do it on scrap fabric. Try to do it on fabric that is going to be similar to what you're going to be using it for um, or using it with. Like if you're going to be doing it on a vinyl. Grab that, grab those scraps out of the trash and do. put them in your machine. Do. And uh, and test it out first before you before you start doing it. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that that thing was bent. Yeah, that no thing idea. is super bent. It's not supposed to look like that. Oh, interesting. Um, oh, one thing I also want to just
1: mention. I didn't bring mine, and you don't have it. But uh, ruffler foots are another thing. They can help with gathering and creating um, pleats, the tiny little pleats. I
0: think I do have one. You have a ruffler? Is said- that Oh wait, no, maybe not. No, not
1: rufflers part. are big.
0: I don't have a ruffler. Why are you asking me for one? Okay.
1: Well, anyway, <laughs> rufflers are <laughs> rufflers are another thing you can use that can create like a lot of those little pleats or um, or gathers. They can do that, but they have about a thousand settings. So what I did was I cut strips of fabric and marked ten inches on my fabric, and then I just started feeding that through my ruffler and marking down what my settings were. Because what that does is, is, it essentially takes your fabric and shrinks it depending on on what your setting is. And so this way I have, I, I know the chunk started out at 10 inches. I can measure how much it's at now mm-hmm. and I know what that setting is. So if I know I need to get 30 inches of fabric gathered into a 10 inch space, I know I have
0: to find the setting that reduces things by two. That's great that's a great point and I keep it in a little baggy. have a little cheat sheet yeah. i know we had talked about somebody had posted uh, i think it was mia posted a cheat sheet that she uses for um needles and like what needles to use for which fabrics yeah. um i'm gonna have to get her on this podcast as well so she can tell us about her tips, tips and tricks and maybe we'll talk about that then but yeah definitely find that thread on the Sheeprop group i don't think yeah. i can link it on the on the podcast um, but yeah, it's there. It's under a topic called setting or sewing. Sewing. Settings. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, hey, before we launch okay. into a different uh, thing, can we talk about zipper feet? Oh, zipper feet. So yeah. I have these two. Yes, this is the one that I
1: use. This is a pretty common one. And I use this for everything, there's a separate foot. That you can use for invisible feet. I actually bought one and it didn't fit my machine for some reason,
0: so I yeah. never used it. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. This one is similar to that, but it's not exactly. I think that my invisible zipper foot is on one of my machines right now, but I use that one a lot for top stitching as well, <laughs> because you can. and adding piping. Yeah. And some feet
1: are more expensive, like your like your um, walker foot, your ruffler foot. Those are going to cost you a little bit more, but a lot of these are less than ten dollars. Yeah. So you've, there's lots of options in here that you can, you can really go nuts with. Um, just for example, I saw one in here. This is a rolled hem foot. You can get a foot that will do a fine rolled hem on things like chiffon and silk and those things that require those tiny little
0: rolled hems. Which is amazing. Yes. There's so many tutorial video tutorials out there. Um, make sure you're, you find the one for your machine Because every machine's a little bit different. Um, But yeah, there's a a ton. practice on scraps. Cool. All right. Have we beaten the subject today? I think we've beaten
1: the zipper foot. So um, the next one, I'm going to skip to sharp scissors and cutters. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's a favorite topic of mine. Anybody who has somebody else living in their home, and if you haven't, just berated into them the importance of not using your sewing scissors. Get on that right away. Yes. My husband has actually cut fabric without the sewing scissors because he knew he wasn't allowed to touch them. <laughs> I'm like, in this case, you could. Good boy. But good sewing scissors you cannot use on fabric. Or, er, mm-hmm. sorry, on anything <laughs> other than fabric. So do not cut your foam. Do not cut your Thebra, your Warbler, your boning. Don't cut any of that stuff with your sewing scissors. So with... What Beverly's done is she's taken two very good pairs of scissors. This one is her sewing scissors, and this one has a big wad of duct tape wrapped around the handle, which yep. is your cue that you can use it. Yeah. In, in my house, I tie ribbons around the handles of the ones that are usable, and then I write
0: what you can use them
1: on. Yeah.
0: I wrote fabric on the fabric scissors. Oh, it's yep. faded, but it's right there. Yeah,
1: I should remind a. Yeah. Like, I have warbler written on a yeah. piece of ribbon, except <laughs> I spelled warbler wrong, so it looks like warbler. 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 Uh, some people still
0: spell it like that. But in
1: addition to some really good scissors, these are these are gangers. These ones um, are specifically for cutting uh, patterns. And you can tell because when you lay them down, they stay flat. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't so, know that. Yeah, So you can just cut, 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 whereas something,
0: I, I don't see a pair of other scissors. Um. Here, let me get into my scissor library. It's, I don't really have other scissors, but uh, yeah. I've got
1: these. Yeah, this will this will be a good example because um, when you go like this, the bottom lifts up too, and that can throw your pattern off. So when you go with this guy, and do that, the the bottom stays a lot flatter. It's whack, great. Whack, whack. I gotta got a make new a pair of these. They're so slashy. I got a new pair of these
0: for Christmas, and I'm very excited about it. Oh, those are the bad ones. Yeah, make sure you don't get that mixed up. No. Um, (laughs) But you know what? You have to also think about like, if you're cutting a lot of warbler, use some good scissors. Don't use crappy scissors. Like, that stuff is hard to cut. So, either use sharp scissors that you're not going to use for fabric, or go ahead and you should have a a set of uh, medical scissors anyway. These guys are amazing. So you use these for cutting off duct tape dummies off of yourself. You can I also- A little tip yes. so you're not accidentally cutting yourself yeah. with these. They're great. They're really the only kind of scissors you should be using for that. Um, mm-hmm. You can also cut thermoplastics really, really well with these. Um, any kind of thick anything, boning, these are really diesel. Yeah. These go through boning, yep. these go through zippers, even the metal zippers you
1: can cut with these suckers. Yeah. My brother is a nurse and every time I go over to his house I grab hands <laughs> of these and take them. Yeah, and these yeah. are like
0: ten dollars, I think.
1: They're free if you know my brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. then the
1: other thing to go over are rotary tools. Now these are my favorite. This is how I prefer to cut out my patterns. Hang on, I've done that's to... the cat.
0: Kitty we're right here
1: come here and say hi
0: hi Sina I'm gonna give her a little snack be quiet keep talking okay
1: so the rotary tools I got into when I was still quilting a lot because you can do a straight line just like butter it cuts through layers and layers of fabric um, these are incredibly sharp if you touch the blade it will cut you um, but it does mean that you can get a really smooth line, and it also means you don't get the little, the little jagged edges where the tip cuts. Um, these guys are great for bigger pieces, your skirts, your your bodices, things like that. These little ones, these are designed specifically for cutting circles. So if you're going around an armhole or a neckhole or something like that, these are going to be the way that you want to do that. Um, you can still do it with a big one, you just have more control and you can make tighter circles with the smaller ones.
0: Coming back.
1: Sorry. <laughs> Cat maintenance. No, that's fine.
0: That's fine. Um, you
1: do have to replace the blades pretty frequently on these. Um, you can't sharpen them like you can a scissor, but the blades really aren't that expensive.
0: Oh, going back to scissors, how often should we be sharpening scissors and where do we go? How do we do it? So. I
1: go to Montevilla Sewing Center to get my scissors sharpened. They can also do pinking shears there. Oh, okay. You can only sharpen pinking shears once or twice before they don't have a good cut anymore. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't really have a, a time frame because you can usually feel the difference, and depending on how mean you are to your scissors, it really mm-hmm. depends. You do need to cut, trim or sharpen your warbless scissors, a lot.
0: I'm going to, I got to sharpen, I got yeah. tr- a trip to Montville coming pretty and, soon. <laughs> and eventually
1: you will lose the tip because yeah. that gets sharpened off. And so it doesn't cut to the tip all the way, which is actually not a bad thing. When you're cutting with scissors, you're going to get a much smoother cut. If you don't cut all the way, yeah. if you leave it just right there before you like do the next snip so about like half an inch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just don't go quite to the tip because that's how you're going to get those, those little jagged points where okay. you can clearly see the yeah. scissor cuts.
0: Oh, just interesting. Leave it just a little yeah. bit. Scissor cutting
1: techniques. You heard it here. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first. Um, so those are scissors. I love scissors. They're so much fun.
0: It's so nice to have a nice pair of scissors. They make the best noise. <gasps> they really They're do. All slashy, slashy, slashy. Yeah, yeah. It's I, it's it is nice. I keep my fabric scissors kind of hidden away from the rest of the fam. I love them dearly, but I would stab them with those scissors if they use them for anything else. (laughs) I have flat out come into my studio to find my husband cutting
1: foam with a pair of my good scissors. And I was like, those aren't for you. (laughs) Did
0: you slap them out of his hands? Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Don't slap scissors. They're very sharp. But yeah, he he put them down. He now has his two pairs he's allowed to use. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. They're really sticky and gross. I should buy them some new scissors. Yeah,
0: yeah, you should. From the dollar store. There you go. Oh,
1: my God. That's so mean. <laughs> I know. I know.
0: Oh, um, um, pinking shears you mentioned. Pinking shears. What are pinking shears? Um, I don't... I have I a pair sh- somewhere. Yeah, I've got a pair. Okay. Somewhere.
1: Pinking shears are a great thing to use if you're not planning on finishing your seams. So if you're not going to do a French seam or if you're not planning on... Um, double stitching or I don't know where they're surging or anything pinking shears are the ones that have the zigzag edge the reason you would use these is because it prevents fraying so if you use the pinking shears to cut out your patterns and then then you can wash your garment and your yeah here we go
0: yeah watch your fingers
1: yeah. you can wash your garment here they are they're they're kind of monsters um, but you're not going to get all the frays that you would with an unfinished seam if you run it through the wash. Um, I don't use these very often because I compulsively finish all my seams. But this is a great tool if you don't want to do that. And a lot of people who cosplay don't because they, because it's a costume. It's not something you're going to wear a lot or... Run through the wash a lot, yeah. But these are really great. You have to be really careful with these, though, because, like I said, you can only sharpen them once or twice Mm -hmm. before they lose the ability to cut. Yeah. So be nice. Be be very nice to these, and
0: Um, they're expensive. Yeah, they are expensive. I use them with my wasp to um to debulk some of the bulky seams that I had created with all of my layers of fabric, um, because I needed things to be flush and I didn't want like a straight seam to be visible going down my leg. So I kind of broke up that, that straight seam by, um, using the pinking shears on the edges to kind of mask that, that straight line. I mean, you can also do them in a lot of cases.
1: If you're doing like a really full skirt, you Mm -hmm. can use this to cut away some of that gathered edge that can be really bulky. Um, I mean there's a lot of reasons you'd want to do this and they are good for just nice edges Yeah,
0: cool well add that or to your Christmas list. list yes <laughs>
1: these are expensive though if you buy these treat them very kindly
0: so what's next I think we have time for one more one more thing um,
1: I think the next one we had some requests for book suggestions yes. so I brought a couple these are the ones that I use when it comes to fitting and um, this one is fit for real people this is a Palmer and Plesch uh, book. You may recognize Palmer and Plesh if you do a lot of sewing because like they do patterns by McCall's. This is one of them. Um, their patterns tend to be very basic with regards to just, here's your slacks. Here's a blazer. This is a pretty basic blazer that you can make. So the design really isn't there. But what they do is they do talk you through really accurate fitting. They use a technique called paper fitting. Let me find a picture.
0: Meanwhile, I'm gonna put my sweatshirt back on because I'm an old lady. So if you can see there,
1: what they do is they essentially use the paper piece from the pattern and, and go through and pin it all together and show you where to add paper to expand your pattern or shrink the pattern so that you get the fit before you even cut fabric. This isn't my preferred technique. Um, I do like using mock-ups, um, but this is a really great guide for seeing where to adjust your pattern and how to get the fit that you want. And the reason I brought this is because they do do these patterns, specifically polymer and plush patterns, where they actually draw the fit guides on the pattern itself. So. For example, I made this blazer, and I have a very narrow back, so it has a line right there on the pattern that says, do you have a narrow back? Subtract here. Oh, really? Yes. Yes, so it's it's really great. They have guides where, oh, are, I don't know, are your boobs in a weird place? Here's where you adjust
0: the dart. Or So is it written on the pattern, like this Palmer and plush thing that you're talking about? Yeah, it's on the individual pattern pieces. Well, and- how do you know when you're looking at the pattern on the outside? Does know, it say... Sorry. Uh, oh it yeah, it right does. Palmer and plush. plush. Which is, I'm assuming that's how you put it. But is P-L-E-T-S-C-H. But plush, the, not Palmer. see, they, even in the instructions. <laughs> the Palmer plush tissue fitting me- method. Yeah. So that's even so cool. in the instructions,
1: they actually walk you through it. So you don't even need the book. Buy the book. It's a good book and they do good work and we need to support local art or independent artists. Um,
0: that's awesome. There's one piece of on foam and floral. We'll look get it at later. later.
1: Um, but this is a great one because you can actually make your garment and kind of as you go fit it. Yeah. And even if you don't want the world's most basic blazer,
0: you can still learn how to fit a blazer to you. Yeah. Or it's a great place to start if you have a pattern and you're trying to um, Frankenstein it. Yeah. I think that that would be a good, good guide to have to make sure that it fits you.
1: Yeah, and also, like, sometimes the basics, that gives you an opportunity to do some really interesting design stuff. I use this pattern to make my Slytherin blazer, which is very cool. (laughs) Um, My other book that I use is The Complete Photo Guide to Perfect Fitting. This uses more of my technique, which is um, mock-ups. It's based around doing muslin mock-ups. But if you want to learn... Things like if you put on your muslin and you you have a pucker here or the seam isn't sitting right. It really talks about if you see a, a pucker in this place, what does that mean? Does that mean you need more room in the bust? Does that mean you need more room in the shoulder, less room in the shoulder? It walks you through what you see about your garment that's not fitting correctly and how to fix it. So that's one that I really like for that. That's awesome. I
0: need this book. Awesome. Yeah, I'll put some links in the description for um, for where to find this on the YouTube because I can't do it on the um, yeah. audio, the podcast version. So yeah. definitely come check out the YouTube for those links. Um, this is really awesome. Um, there's looks like there's a lot in here. <laughs> there's a lot.
1: These, I mean, these these are some there's a lot to go through. I mean, but you can see here they are fitting the paper. To the person. Um, also, these are really great because it this is fit for real people, and it will show you a lineup of all of these people have a size 12 dress pattern, and none of them have the same body. Yeah. So we all are dealing with these fit
0: issues. Yeah.
1: And the more you sew, the more you're going to realize what kind of tweaks you need to make to patterns. I know, for example, like I said, I have a very narrow back. So that's always the adjustment I need to make. Mm -hmm. And so I can just go into a pattern knowing that that's something I need to plan for. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm also short-waisted. I have to make everything petite because I'm not tall. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was
0: something that was a big question on there. We're going to talk more about that on future podcasts. There's just no way that we can cover everything on one. (laughs) Um, But thank you so much. This has been really uh, informative. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I, sure. I like getting to go through. These. <laughs> Anytime I get to talk about
1: sewing scissors and how sharp and fun they are to make the slashy noise, I will do it. Slashy, slashy. It also like if I if there was ever somebody breaking into my house, the first thing I would do is run into my studio because oh, no doubt like weapons galore.
0: I'm oh yeah, start. I was just watching, defending myself with sewing scissors. I was just watching a movie last night and some guy stabbed another person with scissors. And I don't, honestly, why would you, why would that person leave those scissors, like, just hanging around like that? No, you can't do they that. They were, like, in a kitchen. Those scissors do not no. belong in, in a kitchen.
1: No. <laughs> um, the other one is um, Dial M for Murder. Scissors are the weapon, which is also yes. a really great film if you like, if
0: you like Hitch- Hitchcock, yes. which I do. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, if you have more questions, please come find us on the She-Prop, uh group. Or if you are watching the YouTube video and you're not a uh, SheProp member, you can just drop a question in the description and we'll do our best to answer those as best we can. Um, or and if I don't know the answer, I'll, I'll ask Abby. And if I don't know the answer, I'm going to ask my friend Karen. Yes. Oh,
1: she is the mistress <laughs> She's, of seams. I'm a good sewer. She, I'm not Karen good. Karen is yeah, it's amazing.
0: next level. She's amazing. So yeah. we'll have to get her on here too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And um, Abby, where can we find you online? I am at, online on Facebook at Abby Cat
1: Cosplay. And I'm on Instagram at Abby Cat Cosplay as well.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. Please um, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And again, I'm Beverly from Down in Creative Studios, and we'll see you next time. Bye.